Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. So great to have you here with us on our show today. Thrilled to have my good buddy, Matthew Travis from Busting Brackets joining us on the program. This is our Wednesday show, Wednesday, March 23rd, 2022. Tomorrow, Duke basketball in the Sweet 16 taking on Texas Tech. Follow and subscribe to Lockdown Blue Devils for free wherever you get your podcasts. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore and follow our show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Let's dive right into today's conversation. Matthew Travis from Busting Brackets joining us here on the show today, talking all things Duke Hoops. Matt, it's been a little bit since we've had you on the show. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, we tried to get it done last week, but <laughs> I was in Miami for spring break, and unfortunately it just didn't work out. But I'm glad uh, glad we're here, and I'm glad we, we still have basketball to preview so yeah well I was going to circle back to you one way or the other so you're exactly right I'm glad I circled back with a game to preview as opposed to saying well man the season is over let's talk about Duke hoops after the fact so here we are Duke getting set for the Sweet 16 as they take on Texas Tech all right a big win on Sunday over Michigan State what stood out to you I mean it's hard it's hard to talk about what stood out without first mentioning Jeremy Roach I mean, yeah. he was simply incredible. That was, in my opinion, probably the best game he's played in his time at Duke. We talked – one of the last times I was on, we talked about the Florida State game where he tried to draw the charge in overtime and ended up kind of screwing us over because it was actually a block and we ended up losing that game. But, I mean, in this Michigan State game, he was incredible. That late three – Duke might not have won this game if it's not for that late three he hit. And uh, I forget how many points he ended up with, but that was, I mean, it, the onions call and everything about it, it was giving me flashbacks of Tyus Jones in the national championship, the final four, that was also against Michigan State. But um, so I have it here now, he finished with 15 points on six of 10 shooting. And he only did that in 23 minutes. It felt like he was there the entire second half. It really and, did. And but he only he only played 23 of the 40 minutes played, so that was big. I'm, the other thing you can't talk about this game without mentioning AJ Griffin and the injury. And I hope he's okay because Duke is definitely going to need him against Texas Tech. He finished with 37 minutes, but only seven points because he he wasn't a huge factor. However, he's the guy who if you need a three pointer late in a game. It's usually him, and Duke turned to Jeremy Roach on um, Sunday. But Duke is going to need A.J. Griffin if they want to get past Texas Tech. And then if you look beyond that game, Gonzaga, and then everyone else, and potentially, hopefully, the Final Four. But what stuck out stuck out in this game was definitely, definitely Jeremy Roach. And also, Bates Jones got early minutes, which was a little bizarre. He only finished with one minute, but I thought it was a little bizarre, and when the game started, I was watching it with my roommates. I, I said, I don't know why Jeremy Roach is starting because obviously Keels came off the bench, but 
I was wrong, and yeah. I'm, I'm glad I was wrong because Jeremy. that was the best game I've seen out of Jeremy Roach. He was so good. He made so many big plays down the stretch. His drives to the rim is what Coach K was talking about, some of the best drives that he's seen ever out of a Duke point guard, which is really high praise to hear after the fact from Coach K, given the number of great point guards that he's had over the years. Uh, it would, it, Watching Duke play offense in the second half, in my opinion, it just felt really easy for Duke to score. The problem with the Michigan State game was that State was hitting so many three-pointers that Duke was trading threes with twos. Duke only shot 13 three-pointers on the day. It's not like they were trying to take a whole lot of shots from the outside. When Duke wanted to get to the rim, they were able to do that and find success getting so close and, and getting those two-point buckets. I mean, we've talked about it on when every time I've been on. The problem with this Duke team is one, they they struggle to guard the perimeter on defense, and we saw that evident on Sunday. And two, they're they're a team of runs. They either go on a fifteen point run and then give it up, give it up two minutes later, or they get behind by fifteen to open up a game, and they end up making it a game. But Duke is it, it's I I maybe two games, but probably the first Syracuse game, probably the second. Syracuse game as well and the first UNC game those are really the only examples I can think of where Duke played 40 minutes of good basketball and just didn't let the other team get back into it because I, I think I'm pretty sure that game the biggest lead Duke had was nine and right. that was the final score we won by nine and at no point did they lead by double digits which it's interesting because at times it felt like Duke was up 15, 20, right. but two seconds later, it would be a one point game because Duke lets them make three threes or they let them get to the hole easily. And Duke is it. I, I've said it all year. Duke is a team of runs and they need to find out how to play somewhat consistent basketball. If they want to make a deep run into the tournament, obviously now you could, could consider, I wouldn't consider it a deep run, but we're into the sweet 16 now. And, Texas and this is where it ramps up so if Duke can't put together 40 minutes of good basketball and stops and can't stop giving up these runs of 10 to 15 points where we don't score for three minutes at a time it's going to be a struggle for Duke to get into the final four and hopefully hang banner number six three-point defense is something also that Duke's got to pay attention to and focus on as they get set to take on Texas Tech who is a very talented defensive basketball team, like incredibly talented defensive team. At times, the offense for the Red Raiders isn't going to jump off the screen at you, and certainly the talent is in the Blue Devils' favor when you look at the guys on the roster there. But talking about who Duke could play in the round of 32 last week, the conversation between Davidson and Michigan State was, well, you would rather play Michigan State because they're not as good of a three-point shooting team. That didn't matter because Michigan State went on to make 50% from the three-point range, 11 of 22 in their attempts. Again, we go back to the fact that Duke's defense, it was really impressive in the last five minutes because with five minutes and 10 seconds to go, Duke faced the five-point deficit and from that moment on really ramped up the defense and ended the game on a 16-3 to run. But they have got to excel on the defensive end of the floor and take away that three-point shot. Yeah, I mean, Duke makes at least one opponent in the game look like they're Steph Curry. And yeah. last game, it happened to be Gabe Brown, who shot four of six from beyond the arc. But 
luckily for Duke, Texas Tech is one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the nation. However, they're going to look – at least one player is going to look like Steph Curry on Thursday. I hope I hope that's not the case, but Duke's three-point shooting is just – it really is abysmal. I, I mean, as a team, Texas Tech is – shoots 31.4% from beyond the arc. Bryson Williams is their best shooter who's shooting 40.9. And then Terrence Shannon shoots 38.8. But they don't make that many threes per game. They don't shoot that many threes per game. While those percentages are pretty good, they don't shoot that many. And Duke is going to continue to give them the open shot. And unfortunately, it might might hurt them a little bit. But – it's going to be interesting to see how Coach K and the coaching staff change the game plan to play a team that isn't so reliant on the three Bs. They don't shoot it too much. I think they were – I think I saw a stat today. I think they're 251st and three-point uh, attempts per game. But Duke is going to keep giving them the open option. And if they're making them, I hope they switch it up a little bit. Right. But, we didn't see that on Sunday, so I'm not too confident that we will see that. Let's talk a little bit more about the Duke three-point defense in just a moment as you're listening to a Wednesday edition of Locked on Blue Devils. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Stat Hero. It's the best time of year. We're getting set for the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight. Stat Hero's NCAA single-game pickups pits the star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. Take control back from those handicappers that always seem to have the advantage. Start focusing on the players you know best with the gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads, long odds, or funky props. They simply post sets of players for you to take and take on a set with the players that you choose. Stat Hero is the easiest and fastest way to get your sports action fixed. Right now, you could sign up for free at stathero.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on, promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. Stathero.com slash locked on, promo code locked on. Terms and conditions apply. This is what Daily Fantasy was meant to be. Our show today is also brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein bar that you were ever going to find on planet Earth, I promise. Go to built.com. You can scroll down to the macros chart to see how healthy these bars are for you. High protein, low calories, high fiber, low carbs. Most built bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Again, go to built.com, promo code locked15 for 15% off your order. Use promo code locked15 for 15% off at built.com. Built bars covered in 100% chocolate. It's so good. Built Bar, a proud sponsor of Locked On Blue Devils. Welcome back into today's program. It's a Wednesday edition of Locked On Blue Devils. JJ Jackson is my name. I proudly serve as the host of the show. Thank you so much for listening to our program each and every day and making it your first listen every day. I'm joined by Matthew Travis with Busting Brackets. I want to talk a little bit more about this three-point defense for Duke. We're seeing the numbers on where Texas Tech ranks in both percentages and attempts per game and Talking about the three-point defense for Duke, it's a 50% outing for Michigan State. They're in the round of 32. They did a fine job against Cal State Fullerton in that first round, but you go back to the Virginia Tech game in the ACC tournament, they were knocking shots down from the outside, including Hunter Couture. How much of it do you think is it that Duke's interior defense, when you think about Mark Williams and Paula Bancaro, has been so good, and Mark Williams wins Defensive Player of the Year in the ACC – 
was a member of the first team all defensive team in the conference. How much of it is that, Matthew, where it's like, well, we clearly can't score at the rim because the interior defense is so good. So let's, if you're the opposition, you're like, let's try and shoot threes. I think it's a lot because, like you said, with Mark Williams, Paolo Boncaro, and Wendell, even Wendell Moore down there, it's difficult to score on Duke in the paint, and a mid-range shot is all just as difficult. But Duke tends to give up. Duke tends to focus on that, and it, in turn, they end up giving up the three-point shot. But it definitely has a lot to do with it. And you play a team that emphasizes guard play, they're going to get the open shot, and they're going to continue to take it because they see a few fall like Couture did in the ACC championship game. They're going to keep shooting them, and that's what Michigan State did. That's why Gabe Brown ended up four of six on Sunday. But it definitely has a big piece to do with that, but I, I think it's also Duke's focus on not letting them score at the rim and shutting that shot down, and in turn there has to be an open shot, and most of the time it ends up being the three, which is fine a lot of the time because it's a low percentage shot, but when you give up so many of them, they're going to start knocking them down and the points are going to add up and it's going to be difficult for you to win. So if you're talking about Duke getting set for this game and talking about the defense, obviously uh, with that being said, if you're playing great defense like the Blue Devils uh, need to do in order to win this game in advance to the Elite Eight, you're going to need to have a little bit of offense as well because you got to score the ball at the end of the day. And that's obviously the strength of this Duke basketball team, the top scoring team in the ACC all season long. And we talked about how easily Duke was finding offense uh, from two-point range against Michigan State. What gives you confidence about this Duke offense, given how talented the Texas Tech defense is? I mean, what gives me confidence is seeing the stat sheet and seeing that Paolo Boncara went for 19 because it was a very quiet 19. There were times where he would have the ball at the high post or he would be driving and he would kick it out. And I wish I, – I, I, I was screaming at the TV because I wish he would – just dual spin move and get to the rim. There was one instance where he did that and got fouled and it was a, it was a great finish. And I want to see more out of that, but out of him when it comes to that, but he still finished with 19. He was eight of 14 from field, uh, from the field. But um, so obviously Paolo Boncaro is a key, but that that's a key for every game. If AJ Griffin isn't as healthy as um, we hope he is, Joey Baker might be someone we have to rely on. Trevor Keels, obviously, is someone we have to rely on. If he's coming off the bench, I mean, he finished with 12 off the bench on Sunday. And then surprise, I'm surprised, just as surprised as some of you listening to this are in, that, in the fact that I'm saying this, but Jeremy Roach. Jeremy Roach finished with 15, and he's a large reason why Duke won that game on Sunday. So he's going to be another key, especially if, A.J. Griffin can't play is on restricted minutes or can't play as much as we are relying on him or hoping he plays. We're talking about the Duke matchup against Texas Tech in the Sweet 16. Matthew Travis joining me here on the program talking all things Duke hoops. Uh, he writes for Busting Brackets, also does some producing work with the field of 68. You should follow him on Twitter as well. Matthew, when you talk about uh, March Madness in the tournament so far, Having basketball back, uh, it's the greatest sporting event in the world. Let's just talk big picture tournament for a second. How much have you enjoyed seeing all the games being played? I've loved it. It's it's, And the fact that Duke hadn't played a tournament game in 
since 2019. It's beautiful that Duke is back in the tournament and fighting for a national championship again, but it's been great. I didn't, as an Alabama student, I didn't love that Alabama played so well or played so poorly against Notre Dame and Javon Quinterly got hurt, but I also don't love that UNC is also in the Sweet 16 beating Baylor, but it's been fun. I mean, this has been one of the crazier tournaments I can remember with St. Peter's. There are now four uh, double-digit seeds in the Sweet 16 with St. Peter's, uh, Miami, and I'm drawing a blank on the other two for whatever reason, but four double-digit seeds in the Sweet 16. This yeah. tournament has been incredible. And Duke Michigan is in, and Iowa State would be the other Michigan two. Michigan and Iowa State. Would, I don't know why I forgot Michigan. I I think Michigan has an outside chance at making the Final Four because, I mean, two of the last three tournaments we've had an 11 seed make the Final Four. But And, of course, Duke is in the only region that has the one to four seeds remaining. But, um, it, I mean, it's been great. There have been so many close games even – two nights ago, Sunday night, with the TCU-Arizona game. The UNC-Baylor game was insane. I mean, you any game you turn on has just been an incredible game. And just sitting down on your couch and watching college basketball from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed, there's not much better than that. Let's talk more about this Duke game getting set for Texas Tech. Talk about some keys to the game for the Blue Devils and start to wrap up our conversation with Matthew Travis right after this final timeout. Today's show of Locked On Blue Devils is brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. Rock Auto is the best place to go with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models. It's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need for your vehicle. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything that you can need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, or even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for your auto parts need. Right now, go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, Locked On Blue Devils in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. Final segment here today of Locked On Blue Devils, J.J. Jackson hanging out with Matthew Travis from Busting Brackets. Tomorrow, Duke plays in the Sweet 16. And, buddy, you said it earlier, it is just all the more better that Duke has a big game like this because we did not see this in 2020. We did not see this in 2021. You got to go back to the Michigan State game in the Elite Eight in 2019. It will be a tough test for the Duke Blue Devils. That 2019 season that we're talking about, Texas Tech made it all the way to the national championship game, forced overtime with Virginia before losing. Chris Beard is no longer the head coach, of course. He took the money and went over to Texas. But look at this program for Texas Tech. It's still one of the top-tier programs. Kevin O'Banner, one of their players, a big transfer from Oral Roberts, who had March Madness success a, a season ago in the NCAA tournament. I mean, this will be a really tough challenge for Duke. What would be a, a key for the Blue Devils in your eyes? I mean, Texas Tech has three three players who are able to score whenever you need them to score. They have Bryson Williams, who's averaging almost 14 points a game. And then Terrence Shannon Jr. and Kevin O'Banner are both averaging about 10, 10 and a half. So the key is, and then Kevin McCuller is right behind them with Davian Warren as well. So their starting five 
is capable of getting the ball in the basket. We know that. And they've shown that with their impressive, impressive resume this year. So it's really just going to be stopping them down low, which Duke is capable of, and hoping that their lack of three-point shooting ability that we've seen all season keeps 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 up and Duke manages to get out of it without giving up too many points from beyond the arc, which it's going to be interesting to see because, like you said, Texas Tech is a great defensive team and they don't tend to score a whole lot. I mean, that game against um, – that game against Notre Dame in the round of 32, they won 59-53. So they, they don't score a whole lot. They get the job done, and they, they can score when they need to, and they're more than capable of pulling out close games. I mean, you look at their game against not, not the final game when they lost to Kansas, but they beat Kansas, who is a one seed, and it looks like looks as capable of anyone as anyone of winning the national championship. Texas Tech is a very, very good team. They're very good defensively, so Duke is going to need to pass the ball, and they're going to need Paolo Boncaro to just take it upon himself and get to the basket. I mentioned that spin move he had um, against Michigan State where he he was at the high post at a spin move, got to the basket with ease, and got fouled as well. He It, it feels like he can do that whenever he yeah. wants. And instead, a lot of the time, he chooses to kick it out to the three or to a open teammate who shoots a three when that's a much lower percentage shot. So I want to see Paolo kind of drive a little more and be a little more selfish because he's a very selfless player. He finished with four four assists and seven rebounds in that Michigan State game, but I want to see him be a little more selfish and take it upon himself. And because when the game's on the line. It feels like the ball isn't in his hands, which isn't the case for most teams. You want the ball to be in your best yeah. player's hands, which that's not really – that hasn't been the case. So I want – like I said, he finished with 19, but it felt like a quiet 19 against Michigan State. So I want to see him kind of take it upon himself and just get to the bucket, just get to the bucket and score. Well, we certainly saw that uh, – uh... 2019, the last time that Duke was in the tournament, right? You think about R.J. Barrett having the ball in his hands toward the end and Duke fans going back. It's like, get the ball to Zion. Like, at the end of the day, make your big players make big-time plays. And you talk about the importance of the defensive end of the floor for Duke, and I certainly do agree. Taking care of the basketball is going to be important. But, Matthew, I was literally about to say, here we are in the final segment of the show today, and we have not had enough conversation about Paulo Bancaro. Like, he hadn't had enough airtime on the show hadn't discussed him enough and you wisely start to bring up the importance of him which is why you're so good at what you do because I, I feel the exact same way they're as good as this Texas Tech defense is there is not a Paulo stopper that's on the Texas Tech team left in the tournament there is not a Paulo stopper he needs to prove that he is the best player remaining in this college basketball tournament and truly dominate for the Duke Blue Devils. Against North Carolina, the game in Cameron Indoor Stadium, Paulo had 26 shots. Uh, I think he was a little bit too aggressive there because you're right, he does at times feel way more passive than he needs to be. We've seen him be very, very selfish. That was the UNC loss at home where there's just a ton of pressure to get that win with all these former players being there and the hype that that game received. 
I don't think he's going to struggle as mightily uh, in a game on Thursday against Texas Tech, but Paulo has to be the guy for this Duke basketball team, and he's truly got to take over. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the UNC game. I think that was more – he was taking more outside shots, and that's not that's not what he's known for. He's not a three-point shooter. He's not a guy who is going to settle for a mid-range jumper, and it'll be, it'll be the best shot he can get. He, he is capable of getting to the rim really whenever Duke needs him to. I mean, in that UNC game, he shot five threes, which – Feels like a lot. Syracuse in the ACC or Syracuse two weeks before that he shot seven. But I mean, we don't need him shooting threes. We have Trevor Kills. We have AJ Griffin. We have, I guess now eight, Jeremy Roach for that. But he can get to the rim with ease. We saw it. We saw it a lot in that Michigan State game and that spin move I keep mentioning. But He's capable of getting to the rim. I don't want to see him shooting from the high post, from the free throw line. I want to see him going in and getting fouled some and get Texas Tech in foul trouble because if Tech gets in foul trouble, Duke has that much better yeah. of a chance to beat them. And Texas Tech is not an easy team to beat. And they've proven that. They're a three seed. They're, what, 27 and nine? Yep. 27 and nine. So and, and they have some of the best wins in the country. They're right up there with the Alabama and a lot of other teams who have some great wins. And it wouldn't be a surprise if Texas Tech won this game. And I'm ashamed to admit it, but I picked them in my bracket because I, I didn't like what I saw out of Duke in the ACC tournament, especially against Virginia Tech. And I just wasn't too confident leading into the ACC tournament or into the NCAA tournament. And I thought it was going to come to an end against Michigan state until Jeremy Roach hit that three, but I hope I'm proven wrong. I really, really hope I'm proven wrong. I hope tomorrow isn't coach K's last game, but it very well could be because Texas tech is a very good team. And if Duke doesn't come out and play to play and handles the basketball without turning it over because Texas tech will make the forced turnovers. If Duke doesn't protect the basketball, it's going to be a long game. The last time we saw this, uh, this Duke basketball team in a spot like this talking about uh, their struggles of late, you get the five-point deficit with five minutes to go, and they immediately flipped the switch and started playing incredible defense, closed the game on a 16-3 to run. We need that Duke level of basketball uh, here as we continue forward. In March, I think it's going to be oh-so-critical, and if that's the case, talking about big-time games like this, talking about getting fouled and getting other teams in foul trouble and that sort of thing. Free throws are just so important once it comes to NCAA tournament time. And Paulo uh, has, has been doing a fine job at the free throw line, but it's certainly not a strength of his uh, yeah, by any stretch I, I of the imagination. Fun, all of these teams, <laughs> all, all these players, you know, all these players for Duke need to make sure that they're solid from the free throw. I'll give them credit. They made every single free throw at Cal State Fullerton, and they made like their first six against Michigan State. Duke did a fine job in the opening weekend from the free throw line, so let's do give them credit there. But in the back of your mind, any team, any time of year, especially this time of year, you're always going to worry about where your head's at when you go to the free throw line. 100%. Wendell Moore was very impressive against Michigan State. He went to the line 10 times and made nine of them. So if we can put him in a position where he is on the free throw line, time, then it's going to be tough to beat Duke. But 
Um, we'll see. Jeremy Roach didn't shoot too many, and really the only one who shot yet. Yeah, Wendell Moore is the only one who shot more than five free throws. AJ Griffin didn't have any, even though he played 37 minutes. So that that that's what I'm saying. Duke needs to do, especially Paolo Boncaro, they need to do a better job of getting to the rim and getting putting themselves in a position where the other team, Texas Tech in this case, has to foul them or give up an easy bucket. And Duke shot 21 free throws. Trevor Keels had four. But Wendell Moore had 10 of them, so you eliminate him. We, Duke only shot 11 free throws, and all of a sudden they are, what, 5, five of 11 from the free throw line if, if Wendell Moore isn't playing, right? Right. Or, uh, sorry, 7 of 11. But it, it, it'll be interesting. Duke it doesn't really get to the free throw line too many, too many times, at least against Michigan State. So it's definitely a key in – like I said, if Tex, if if they keep giving it to Paolo, who takes it upon himself to get to the rim, he's going to get fouled time and time again. And I hope he's prepared for it. Talking with Matthew Travis from Busting Brackets at Matthew J. Trav on Twitter. I got that handle right, right? Yeah, Matthew J. Travis underscore on Twitter yeah. is where you could find his work. Uh, give me a plug one more time for Busting Brackets. Yeah, so I, I cover a lot of uh, Duke on busting brackets, also a lot of Alabama, ACC, SEC. I'll have uh, the three keys coming out on Thursday for Duke to beat Texas Tech. Um, so definitely give that a look. I'll tweet it, and it'll be on busting brackets as well. But, yeah, so I do a lot of on busting brackets. So uh, follow along. We have everything you need to know for the, not only Duke, but for everything when it comes to the NCAA tournament. Again, Matthew J. Travis underscores where you can find him on Twitter and check out Busting Brackets for all their great stuff. Man, I really do appreciate the time as always. Thanks for being on the podcast. Go Duke. Of course. Thank you for having me. Hopefully next time I talk, we're either previewing another game or talking about the fact that we just won number six. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. We'll talk to you soon, okay? Yeah, thank you for having me. All right, that's Matthew Travis joining us here on the program today talking about all things Duke men's basketball and absolutely – I love that conversation. I love interacting with Matthew all the time. And please do give him a follow on social media. You can connect with me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Subscribe and follow this podcast right now on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a five-star rating and written review. It means a lot when you take the time to do that. On tomorrow's show, Josh Cox will be a part of our conversation from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.